Welcome back, friends and scoundrels, to Weird Wolf Unchained. I'm Bran. Sarah. And Robbie's not able to join us today for reasons. Uh, so what did we watch today? Uh, Christine. Christine. Did you see who it was by? No. Originally written by Stephen King in book form, and then directed by John Carpenter. So two big names on viewing for yourself today there. All right, so to summarize, a nerdish boy buys a strange car with an evil mind of its own, and it's his nature starts to change to reflect it. Short, sweet, to the point. Unlike some of Stephen King's writings. Anyways, uh, so what did you think overall? I think this was good. Um, I felt like there were some things it could add to make the atmosphere a little stronger. Yeah. Like... Uh, having the lights flash when it has one of those up front views. Yeah. Flash how? Flash why? What do you mean how? Like just randomly flashing? What do you mean by flashing? Like flicker on for flicker on before it goes to something else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I suppose. I don't know. I thought they did an okay job using the lights, especially with the high beams in a couple of scenes. Like when she's chasing down Buddy in his car. She starts off the normal lights and then goes to the highlights. Anything else in your overall impressions? No. No? God, you're so entertaining. Speaking of which, did you find this movie entertaining? <laughs> yes. It felt very long. Did it? It is a slow-going movie, isn't it? Yeah. But that's kind of what I wanted. I thought you'd appreciate it a lot more um, than our other pick that we were supposed to watch. But like I said, Robbie couldn't join us. So I opted not to do I Know What You Did Last Summer. So that way... He could watch it at some point. So that way he could watch it. Um, I thought it was entertaining. I honestly haven't watched this movie since I was like your age. So I remembered nothing about it. Like almost at all. I have watched a couple videos and stuff on it, but it, nothing that made any enough of an impact on me to... This one didn't scare me a whole lot. It, the only jump scare that really got me was one of them with the lights. Where at? I forget. At the end? And I didn't really think there was a whole lot of jump scares, but this one's more of a psychological style in a way, which it would be one of the ways it could have been better is if they'd have played that up a little bit stronger. And Carpenter's perfectly capable of doing that. He did the thing a year before that this was released. So he's definitely competent in that area, although he took like a year to write that script. So what, what did you find the most entertaining about it, though? Uh, how Christine can fix herself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Were there any aspects that you recognized in other things that we've watched? No. Really? Like the talking through the radio? I know you've watched Transformers. I forgot it. <laughs> Shows how good those remember. movies are. <laughs> I can't remember any of Transformers. Bumblebee talks through the radio. He's a little bit more nuanced about it and finds the exact, more exact quotes instead of just playing songs. Because by the time that had come out, there was satellite radio, so he could pull from almost anything. But 
It reminded me of that. There was something else. You probably don't remember. It's been a while since we've watched Futurama. And there's an episode where Bender gets bit by a wear car and he turns into a Christine Light car. I don't remember that one. Yeah, it's been a while. So, but you did find it entertaining even though it's slow? Yes. Sometimes the better stories for horror are the slower moving ones. It really kind of depends on what you want to do though. Uh, did you think it was a good story? Yeah, a haunted car. I feel like like, it, like Christine was kind of like uh, Toby in Paranormal Activities and he was possessing Arnold. Kinda. Um, Christine definitely had some influence on him. It is an interesting story, that's for sure. It's not something you see done a whole lot with an object like that having its own kind of soul even maybe because it starts off like right from the beginning i know part of the story is supposed to be the guy who died inside of her but there was obviously something else going on before that she slammed her hood down on the one dude's hand right mm-hmm. in the very while she was still on the assembly line and then i had missed it what exactly happened with that guy who died uh i don't think it sh- showed but he was smoking and he tapped off his cigar and then it went to something else and another guy opened the door and he fe- and he fell out. Hmm. Well, that's interesting. I assumed it was like a heart attack or something because uh, we're seeing that some of the deaths that Christine causes, she uses, makes use of natural type things, natural-ish, or somehow she's able to make it look like something else. Like with the hamburger? When Lee chose oh, on the yeah. hamburger. Is that what she was eating? I missed that part too. Yeah. Man, I don't have a whole lot to say there either. This is going to be a short episode. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think things were set up very well? Yes. Uh, like how the ma- man that sold Arnold the car tells... Uh, can't remember what his name is. Oh, I forget too. But... I suppose I could look. His friend... Yeah. When he goes to talk to him, he says, uh... Dennis. Dennis. When Dennis was talking to the man that sold him, sold Arnold Christine, I'm pretty sure he said, like, the guy who owned it killed himself. Yeah. And I, and I think that's what was implied at the end with Arnold. Um, maybe. I, I, I think it was pretty well set up. I mean, it's... King, he's supposed to be a pretty decent writer, and for all intents and purposes, for the most part, he is. Um, And John Carpenter is a very good director. He's a genre director, so he works almost specifically in horror movies. And this was even early in his career. He started in, like, 76 or 77, and this was only 1983, so it was not too long. But you have Arnie, you get a full sense of who he is before Christine in his opening scene, playing on some stereotypes with the uh, sellotape glasses, and I don't think he has a pocket protector, but it wouldn't surprise me. Shirt tucked in, buttoned all the way up. Just a very bookish-looking person, right? Or as they describe him, nerdy. Mm-hmm. And, like, instantly, as soon as he sees Christine, you can see changes already starting to happen. But a lot of... Times movies will not, especially newer movies, don't really give you a whole lot to work with there. 
Um, especially in such a short scene. But, you know, he's clumsy, he drops the bag, he's kind of forgetful. And then, again, like almost instantly, as soon as he sees Christine and, and takes her home, it's he's got a little bit more confidence. He's willing to talk back to his parents and stand his ground. He, his stops, wearing his, he stops wearing his glasses. Yeah, that takes a couple scenes. It doesn't take very long, though. Starts doing his hair differently, starts dressing differently. Uh, what else? Doesn't he wear a red coat to mask Christine's? He does start wearing a lot of red, yes. Not just a red coat, but he was wearing a red shirt at another point and some other things. I like the implication that the first time he fixes Christine up, we don't really see a whole lot of it. So it's like, oh, he's, you know, capable of doing all this really cool stuff. And then it shows later that she actually helped out a lot with that. So it can make you go back and question, did he actually do all of that himself or did Christine help him a little bit? Because there's a nice time period jump there. Which, the, did you notice that too? That it takes place over several months? Yes. Sometimes they did it pretty smartly. Sometimes they just had to tell you when it was. So like, I don't know about October or anything, but in November when yeah. Arnie visits Dennis, he says, happy Thanksgiving. And there's a turkey shown on the table. Yeah. And then the next one gives you a title card for December or whatever day. I missed it. And they start talking about New Year's. But then we jump ahead after that and it's New Year's. And they say, Happy New Year. Implying that it's the 31st of December, if not. Or, yeah, it would be the 31st of December. Because they're going over to celebrate New Year's Eve. Um... What are some other things that are set up pretty well? The bullies mm -hmm. showing how they mess with them and the lengths they're willing to go. So that way when you see them beat up Christine, it's not terribly out of character. Anything else you could think of? Uh, the knife. The bullies use a knife in the beginning and then one of them starts stabbing the seat. So showing that they carry that on them all the time. Um, let's see here. Did you think there were some themes in the movie? Did you pick up on any themes? Uh, no. So this one um, can, something that I kind of picked up on a little bit was how easily we can be persuaded by things, especially when they're new and flashy, which I mean, Christine isn't new and flashy, but to Arnie she is, especially once he puts his work into her and how easily we can be influenced by things and become obsessed with them and how that can harm the people around us talking about it can you see that yeah or you know you could maybe even take it a little bit into holding on to older things it can be harmful at times oh da -da -da -da. what did you think of the atmosphere besides what you've already said uh i think they do a they did a pretty good job with the atmosphere. They used the lights enough off in the radio. Yeah. And the brightness the lights take on so that you can't really see anything. Um, what about the music? Uh, part of why I said the thing about the lights in the beginning is because they build up really good tension with some music. Yeah. But then nothing happens. Okay. Like like when? Uh, I can't remember when exactly, but it's daytime. They show the front of Christine, and there's some 
music, like in Paranormal Activity playing. Okay. And then they uh, flash to, and then they go to something else. I think it's with Dennis at school in the library. Yeah. So is that like right after Arnie got her built, rebuilt, and fixed up? Yeah. To show you how slick and clean and nice she looks, but that there's maybe something else going on there. Um, I, I think they intentionally didn't do anything with the lights there, so that way your mind is, so that way you don't necessarily suspect anything right away, because that was pretty early in the movie. But I was waiting for it to happen, and then nothing happened. But that's good, because that's how you build tensions that way. The next time something happens, your brain's going, what's, is something going to happen this time or not? But then once it puts the pedal to the metal, it just goes, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Puns. <laughs> um, I like the atmosphere in this. I, I think, honestly, this might be my favorite John Carpenter score. Because John Carpenter also did the music for this, along with directing it. He does that with quite a few of his movies. Halloween, which we'll watch sometime in the not-too-distant future. But that's one that he's most known for. I just, I think this one's a lot better. I like the music in it a lot more. Sometimes it's a little too spot-on with its musical cues, like uh, the first time Christine turns her lights on. And it, that one, it would have been nice. Uh, there might have been a little bit of a musical buildup before it, but it, it was relied too heavily on the musical cue for the uh, scare than it did actually giving you something to be scared of. Like if it maintained that nice building tensiony music and then without turning the lights on, if Christine would just revved her engine out of nowhere, that probably would have been a lot better. Um, I also like, uh, I think this might maybe fit into the atmosphere a little bit, but how Christine, because we see that she's capable of repairing herself, she's not afraid to cause herself damage, that she's willing to go as far as she needs to, to reach her goals. And that sets up for the end when you, when we kind of see the bars move a little bit. Yep. That would be a good setup for a sequel. I don't think there ever was, though. I don't know if I would want to watch it. It wouldn't be as good. But I can lead back into the themes a little bit, too, that sometimes pushing yourself too much can cause you damage. Even if you do accomplish your goal, at what cost was it worth? Because she could have backed off from the first guy and waited until he came out and then chased him down some more. Right? Yeah. Instead of just continuing to push herself into that little... Narrow area. And scrape herself up. She didn't want to scrape herself up. She ripped everything off. Did you miss that? No. Okay. Uh, what was your favorite thing in the movie? Hmm. I just really like the premise of the movie. Uh, a car with, with, with a mind of its own. Yeah. That was a fun thing. That's the other thing that reminded me of Transformers was the story about a boy in his car. <laughs> <laughs> Um, which, you know, might have been part of the premise for that movie. I don't know. You know, let's have this boy in his car story, but not make it super scary. <laughs> um, I don't know if there's anything necessarily that I would say is my favorite. So it's a good movie. I'll probably watch it again someday. 
but there isn't really anything that stood out to me other than the music. I'm gonna have to find that somewhere. Uh, what was your least favorite thing? Ooh, my least favorite thing. This is hard. This was a really good movie. Movie. It was done pretty well, and like I'm, there really isn't anything that I don't like about this movie. Yeah. I mean, it's not a super enthralling story. Like, I'm not sitting on the edge of my seat just gripped by every single moment. But it's very good for what it is. It does exactly what it means to do. The characters are realistic and, for the most part, likable. Even Arnie, like, you feel a little bit bad for him because Christine's kind of forcing this change on him. And he has all this stuff that he didn't have before. So it's it's easy to relate to him um, wanting to not let that go. And it's just, I don't, I, I don't know. <laughs> and it's okay to not like things or to not have anything that you don't like. That's a weird sentence. <laughs> um, but it, it's okay if there's, if there are things, if you can't find anything that you don't like. Um, which goes into what would you fix to make it better for you? Like I said in the beginning, I thought it would build a little more tension if they he just added one more light flash in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In any particular scene? Just that one scene or? Just the one scene. Uh, like I said in the beginning too, I think it would have been a little bit more interesting if it played a little more heavily on the psychological aspect. You know, is it uh, Christine doing it or is it Arnie doing it? Because, you know, they introduce the detective character and Arnie's a different person and he's completely changed. And rather than just making it about the car, make it about the car and Arnie. Ooh, you know at the end uh, how Arnie comes out of the car? Mm-hmm. The only time it really shows there's no one in the car is with the owner of the car place. The garage. Yeah, because he goes into it. Yeah. But the windows are black, so you can't see through them. Which, it was done intentionally that way, and it's almost like Christine was doing that herself, too, right? Mm-hmm. So we couldn't tell. I, I just thought about... I just thought of that thinking about what you said with, uh, I forgot what it was. <laughs> Something like that. Oh, yes. Whether Arnie wa- is fixing the car the first time or not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're not sure what it is. Sorry, I'm having some thoughts about a sequel. <laughs> uh, what was the scariest part to you? Uh... Like I said in the beginning, there, there's a, there was really only one jump scare that got me with the lights. I think it was when he was uh, chasing the main boy. Yeah, that one? Yeah. That's the only one that got you? Yeah. See, I didn't even think there were any jump scares really until the very end when Christine is hiding in the pile of junk and then turns her lights on. Uh, I think there's a musical cue there and everything. And then when Arnie jumps up after flying out of the window and grabs Lee, is that's a jump scare also. Didn't really get me or anything, but... Yeah, there wasn't really anything that I found too terribly scary about this. 
I mean, I, I get what they were kind of going for, but... So, scary skill, what would you give it? Uh... We're doing shamrocks. Silver ones. Why? Because I want to. Uh... It wasn't very scary, but it was a really good movie. But, but it's just scary, so how many... Okay. Oh, one. One shamrock? I give it one, too. If we were basing off of how good the movie was, I probably would have given it a 10. Uh, I'd give it like a 6 on, well, maybe a 7 on goodness. Uh, the dialogue could have been a little less crude at times. But I am glad that it didn't suffer from the other 80s thing of having to throw nudity and sex in all over the place. So good on that. But there was a lot of talk about sex, so... And that's part of the reason why we have to wait for Halloween. Because there's a little bit of that in there. Um, do you have any final words? Uh, no. Nope. I forgot to do it at the top of the show again. Darn it. Uh, if you're listening on a podcast, give us a rate and review wherever you're listening. And if you're on YouTube, give a thumb one way or the other. Leave a comment, do those things. Yeah, and for now, toodles.